Maybe you're waiting to move. But the song says, miracles happen when you move.
And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, he's doing what he was supposed to do. Sometimes you just got to do what you know you're supposed to do. Day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, there's a purpose, there is a calling upon your life. And even though sometimes you may not feel God in it, you keep doing it. You keep doing it. Amen. It says he executed the priest office before God in the order of his course. According to the custom of the priest office, his lot was to burn incense. And when he went into the temple of the Lord, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. He repetitively, over and over, sometimes Monday, Sometimes it's like, am I doing the same thing over and over again? Should I be doing something different? But he was doing what he was called to be doing. Consistently, over and over, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. And said, uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, he probably thought, could I not have served here? Or uh, could I trade for today and do this? But he uh, appeared doing what he was supposed to be doing. His lot was to burn incense. And he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel. A little different than all 974 times before. Or 1923. Or 15,048. All of a sudden, something changed. There appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right hand of the altar of incense. When you do consistently what you know God has called you to do, when you are where you should be consistently, no matter how mundane, no matter how repetitive, no matter how boring what you're doing might become to you, all of a sudden you find yourself looking up and before you know it, there is a word from God. There is a gift from God. There is the anointing of God. Or in this case, there stood an angel of the Lord and he said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. If you remember it, Zacharias, you've passed the years that in the physical, in, in the natural mind, this could occur. You're beyond that. But you prayed this 20 years ago. You gave up on it. You prayed it and left it there. And now you think I'm too old, she's too old, this is not going to happen. And an angel is right there to tell you what is impossible with man is possible with God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Thy prayer is heard. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. What prayer have you prayed? that you've not seen God answer? Which one? That if the angel of the Lord met you in that place today, what would that prayer be? Keep your eyes closed. Lift your hands up.
I know you're a prayer answering God. I know you are in this place today. I have faith. I believe. I don't know when. I don't know how. But God, I know. I know you're going to answer that prayer. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand of prayer. I want to preach today connected, 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 hallelujah, connected. Let's pray for the parts would you lead us in prayer. We appreciate your word, oh Lord God. We ask that you anoint Pastor Crutchfield today, Lord God. Open our ears, oh God. Lord, we want to be able to apply your word to the direction of our lives. Oh Lord Jesus, as we hear this message title today, Oh God, you know in our lives where we need it, Lord. We need your anointing. We need your vision. We need your direction. Let it come forth today in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, oh God. We need an answer for our prayers that we pray routinely throughout the years. We ask it in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. After that, you can be saved in Jesus' name. It is good to be in the house of God. It's good to be back home. We went on a week's vacation to some Caribbean islands that were very hot, and I would not want to live at that temperature. I was thankful to get back to the cool. I left. It was hot to the cool Hinesville, Georgia, because it's probably, I don't know, 15 degrees less than what it was there. Then we got to go to General Conference for a week, and God began to do some amazing things while we were there in us, and I believe in our church. Uh, before we left, we had some miracles. Uh, I, I wish I had some pictures to kind of show you some of the miracles, but y'all know that years ago, God paid off our church. We, we didn't really have much finances, and, but we had a big church note. And, uh, but God had told us he was gonna do it, and then uh, a missionary came in and he preached that in one year he believed God could pay off this church. And a year later, from overseas, God did pay, sent a check in to pay off this church that we're in right now. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. And it was one of those things when we stepped out in faith, God honored that faith. We stepped out in faith. We did not, uh, we didn't have anything. We stepped out and God did a work. And then uh, a few months ago, I, I, I gathered some of the leaders just one at a time, to, uh, and, and I took them in the kitchen, and I was like, you know, there's this one place in our church that hasn't really, it, it's, it's pretty bad. And uh, I, I don't know if y'all have ever been in our kitchen before, but uh, it, it, it just, it, it was not as, uh, it, well, it just it needed some help. And so, so I got this idea. That, you know, we're trying to build this church out here. And the first thought, why are we going to mess with this old kitchen if we're building this new church, right? And let's just pour it all and build this new church. But I just, I couldn't help every time I walked in that kitchen feeling convicted. And uh, as pastor here, just feeling convicted. And, and so I talked to him and I said, I want to present this to the church so we can uh, just show some pictures of what this place used to, or, or looks like right now. 
and, and, and maybe we can just quickly raise up a little bit. So I decided I'm going to get some prices. And I got some prices. And I decided I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. It took the first estimate. And the first estimate, we were done. And that was it. And then we'd already called somebody else and they came. And God just blessed this church. And miraculously, uh, someone, uh, an unnamed donor, doesn't want any credit, doesn't want anybody to know. Somebody gave that set of cabinets to the church. Nice. still had to put the countertops on and we we were like okay and, and the countertops are going to be like thirty seven hundred four thousand dollars and so we were kind of getting ready to to take care of that and guess what we got a phone call last week and uh somebody wanted to give that to the church God healed me. I had a massive heart attack that I should have been dead from. And uh, and I was like, that was a miracle. How could God outdo that? And that, that was. And I'm not saying, but when this happened, when, when this happened, and when I got the phone call that even the countertops were paid for. When I got that phone call, my, my statement to God was this. God, what are you up to? What are you doing? God doesn't do stuff like that just because. There's purpose when God does it. And, and, and I went to General Conference and I met with a company that we'd already gotten an estimate from. And I'm sitting, but I talked, this time I got to meet with the guy that's over the company and uh, Zion Church Builders, I think. And I began to talk to him about our church and, you know, we're ways off, but we, we're doing this. And he was like, well, what are you wanting? And I start giving him details of what we were really looking for. That we're not looking for, you know, all these immaculate details and all that. We, we need space. And uh, we just need space. And he said, oh, well, if that's what you want. And all of a sudden, that price that I was, my eyes were just so, suddenly cut in half. And I was like, really? So I started getting a little excited. I mean, I was at a conference and I was trying to contain it, but I started getting a little bit excited. And then we met up with a family that used to come here while we were at conference and they live in another state now. We met up with them. We met up with their pastor. They pastor a home missions type work and church there. I believe it's five, maybe six years old at this point in time. And we were talking to them. And, and they were talking about needing to go into a new building. And, and my wife starts talking to him. And she was like, when we were building this church, and, and she took me back as she was saying that. And we were trying to make plans, and we kept trying to move forward. And it's like every time we take two steps forward, we get kicked back three steps. And, uh, and, and that was how it was. And, and I was kind of feeling that way on what we're doing now. 
And she said, but God told us then, when we use every square inch of what we have, He'll give us what we need. And then my statement to God came back up in my head. What are you up to? And then I realized, okay, we've got to finish what we started in order to move to where we go. And for me, the kitchen, the 20-something thousand dollar gift of the kitchen confirmed to me that God is up to something. God is up to something. And it is going to happen. And He is going to do it. And it, it is going to... I see it. I know He's doing it. I know He's up to something. And I believe Him for it. And maybe it's not as far away as what the enemy had tried to convince me that how far, how unreachable it was. Maybe it is reachable, or it is reachable. And, and through this kitchen, God was just dealing with me and stirring my faith and making me realize that He is up to something at Life United Pentecostal Church, that He's doing something that's exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Joseph's dream. And in Joseph's dream, Joseph had to interpret the dream of others before he could obtain his dream. You've got to buy in to God's vision as a whole before God gives you His vision for your life. There is an importance in being connected into the body of Christ. There, it, it, it is imperative that you, that you connect to what God is wanting to do as far as His body of Christ in order for you to obtain what God's wanting to do in your life as an individual. Why don't you think about Joseph for just a second. Joseph is thrown in the pit for his dream. He's put in the prison for his dream. It's all about his dream. It's all about what I'm going to do, what I'm going to be. Look at me. Look at how things are going. But then all of a sudden when it was about in somebody else's dream, all of a sudden when it was Pharaoh's dream, not Joseph's, and Joseph's like, this is what I perceive. This is what's going to happen. And you need somebody to manage all this. And he didn't even realize that managing that dream was the dream that God had given him. And he started working for that vision. He connected in to that vision. And when he connected in to that vision, he turned around sometime later and saw that that's why we have the body of Christ. That's why we are connected into the church of the living God. That's why we are connected with what God is doing in the local church at 1301 Pitkin Road. That's why we are connected to that. Because being connected to that is also part of our personal connection to what God has called us to and what ministries God is placing us in and what anointings God 
But the enemy is at work in your life. Trying to get you to quit. Luke 22 and 31. The Lord told Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. The devil is in the business of busyness. He's in the business of busyness. Why? If he can get you so busy, you don't have time to connect with God's vision. You don't have time to connect with God's purpose. You don't have time to connect with God's church. If he gets you so busy you don't have time from that, you will become disconnected. And when you are disconnected, what the enemy then wants to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10 and 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and to have it to the full or to have it more abundantly. If the enemy can get you disconnected from God, he works on severing your connection. We need to be connected in the church. We need to be connected in the church. Why? Because if you are connected to God and you got your mind made up, you're going to live for God no matter what. How many, how many is like that? Me and my relationship with God, I'm going to live for God no matter what. I, I, and but I've heard it and, and I've probably said it at one time or the other. You know, I don't, I don't have to have a building to worship God. I can connect with God in my prayer room at home. I can talk to God there. How many of you probably ever heard that or, or said that? And, uh, and, and, you know, I don't have to. But in reality, you do have to. Because what's going to happen? You see, the enemy's not going to come at you and attack your relationship with God directly. Because he knows that's territory he can't mess with. You're going to be able to know, I, I see you and I'm going to stop you. But what he does do is he understands this. If I can get them thinking that they don't need the church, they just need God. Then what's going to happen is before you know it, I'll have them disconnected from God. Because part of the connection to God is right here in this place. And it might be a strong day for me and I'm on fire and I'm living for God. And Brother Parks and I both come in here, man, we got it and we are on fire. But, but Brother Fowler might have, be having a rough week and a rough day. And, and all of a sudden, Brother Park, he's like this. And Brother Parks and I are just worshiping like wildfire. And, and, and one of us just rubs up against him. And man, he feels the Holy Ghost. And before you know it, he starts giving God. There's this connection that happens when we come to the body of Christ. And, and, and all of a sudden we come in here and one sister steps out and starts praising God and another brother and then somebody else is like, you know, I'm, I feel that. And, and they lift their hands and they start to feel God. And before you know it, you got 20 people lifting their hands up to God and worshiping Him. And, 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 then, all, and then you lift yours. There, there's a, something happens in the body of Christ. And can I tell you, we need to be connected to the body of Christ. The, the enemy is not going to come at you convincing you to quit living for God. He's going to come at you to convince you to quit going to church. And yes, you can have 
You can pray through in your prayer room. But it's not going to be long before that gets old. We need each other. We need to be connected. Look at your neighbor and say, I need to be connected. John 15, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he purges. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he purges. I want you to grab that for a second. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he purges. There's a benefit to having to go through a personal purging sometimes. It's not something we like, but it's so we can bear fruit. More fruit. That it may bring forth more fruit. Can I tell you, when I'm preaching, I love, I, I love to be encouraged. Man, how many like to be encouraged? I mean, I, I like it when I come in and, and, and I go to general conference and they're telling me how good I'm doing. Producing any more fruit because of that. And then all of a sudden they started going to work on me. Then all of a sudden the preacher was stepping on my toes. And I realized I need some, I kind of, I'm not bragging, I kind of figure out what I'm doing right. It comes with obvious evidence. What am I not doing right? In order to grow, that's what I need. I need the foolishness of preaching to save my soul. I, I need somebody to stir me up. I need somebody to recognize what's wrong in my life so I can bring it to an altar, get rid of it, and move forward and bear more fruit. I need purging sometimes. I need purging sometimes. I need God to do that so I can produce more fruit. Jesus said, now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. Yes. No more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abide in me and I in him. You need God. And you need the church. You need God. And you need the church. When something is coming against your God or your walk with God, you need to recognize it and you need to realize this is not the plan of God for my life. When something is trying to hinder you from living for God, from coming to church, from being part of the church, I, I remember one time I started trying to live for God. It was early on before I really did. And, and we started going every Sunday to church. And then before you know it, guess what kind of schedule I had? Every Sunday, every midweek, they put me on that schedule. And for the next, the next five, six months, I put, guess how long I lived for God right then? That was before I came into truth, but I fell away from where I was. Because you got to be connected to the body. You got to be connected to the body. He that abided me and I in him, the same bringeth forth 
much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he cast, cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. If you notice up there, that was a... My wife went and got grapes last night. She didn't know how much in the will of God she was. But she went to food line, I presume, and got those grapes. And then she washed them last night. And I got up this morning, and I walked by, and there were some grapes. And I pulled. You probably see that one that I pulled. Uh, it, it may, you might not can see, but right there. One, two, three, fourth one. What was the fourth one up? And I pulled that and a few others that you don't see, and I ate those before I got to commence to praying and seeking the Lord about today. And, and I looked, and as I looked, you'll notice a vine that goes all the way down. Directly on that vine, there is no fruit. There is only branches. And the branches have the fruit. Jesus is that vine. We are those branches in life today. And we are called to bear fruit of Him. And in order to be spiritually healthy and know that we're doing the will of God and the plan of God, we need fruit coming forth off of our branches. And then if you, are, if you abide in Him and His Word in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. We must be connected. Look at your neighbor and say, we must be connected. I, 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 on our vacation, we went to some islands. They were a fun place to visit, but I wouldn't want to stay there. They were a fun place to visit. I would not want to live there. I love them. They're beautiful. They're amazing. But I want to be connected to the mainland. And, 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 and so all of these islands, while important and while beautiful and while great, they still need a connection. And, and there are connections and bridges and boats and planes and ferries. You're getting to the island and off of that island some way or another. You're not walking. And, and, and so whatever it is, that connection is vital. And with that connection, often there is a bridge. And that bridge is how you get to and how you get from. And, and I, when I was taught this, when leaving a job, I don't know if y'all were taught this, if you ever leave a job early on in life, they told me, don't burn the bridge. Don't burn the bridge. You might need to walk back across that bridge again. People become islands. People become islands. And too often we feel like we have to burn a bridge tank. Saying things we shouldn't say. Doing things we shouldn't do. Have you ever looked at your phone and you saw you called somebody? And talk to them for three minutes and 48 seconds. And you didn't call them. And in your mind. In your mind you're thinking. What was I talking about? Nobody's ever done that. And, 
and, and, and you're, you're replaying the last conversation you had for that three minutes and 14 seconds, hoping that it was all pure and holy and godly and lovely and wonderful and true. I was just pure and lovely and a good report, right? That's what you hope. But you know that there are times when you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar. You talk to him, oh yeah, yeah. You call him up, how you doing? You just want to see, you know. How's things going? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think I might have accidentally called you. <laughs> Nobody's ever done that. Okay. I'm glad that's never happened to you. I want you to think about this though. Judas got caught with his hand in the bowl. Something happened to Judas to have gone from connected to Christ to disconnect so much that he would betray him. Becoming disconnected so much that he burnt the bridge down. Disconnection changes your view. You don't see clearly. Disconnection forces you to become isolated. Disconnection will cause you to burn bridges you do need to go across again sometimes. If you think about the prodigal son, the prodigal son left, but he didn't burn the bridge down. Give me my money. Give me what's mine. I'm leaving. He ended up in a pig pen. He ended up eating husk. That's okay. He didn't burn that bridge down. Can I tell you, sometimes when we're leaving a child or we're leaving something, don't burn the bridge down. You might need to go back across that bridge sometime in your life. Don't burn that bridge down. And spiritually, you need to make sure that you have a connection to the Father, that you have a connection to the church of the living God, that you don't burn that bridge down, but you know you are always able to The enemy wants to, to steal away at your power. The enemy of your soul wants to take away from your connection with the things of God. Can I, this right here, we're just going to illustrate this for a moment. We're going to say this is you. This is powerful. No matter how high the PSI is, it can take most of the power. Because on its own, this piece of conduit is able to have powerful levels of water come through it without it ever breaking, without it ever leaking, without ever anything happening to it. But how much good is a two-foot piece of conduit by itself? What are you going to do with this? You're not going to do anything until you connect it to another piece. And then when you connect it to another piece, the vision gets larger. And then you got other connections. Not the same as that. And with the other connections, you're able to take one piece, another piece, and then another piece. And you're able to merge those pieces. Come give me a hand for just a second. 
And then you've got another connection. And that other connection then connects another piece. And then another connection can connect another piece. And what I'm trying to show you is connected how powerful a two-foot piece of pipe can be. But disconnect. And by itself, it has about a value of $2.39. It's not going to do much. But can I tell you, the enemy of your soul is not going to attack you at your pipe. It's not going to attack you in your own personal ways in that. What he's going to attack you in is he's going to attack you at your weakest point. And the weakest point of a body that's joined together like this is going to be the joints. Where they connect. It's going to be the connection points. Can I tell you that the enemy of your life wants to break you away from your connection points? He knows that if he can get you disconnected from the body of Christ, from the things of God, from the work of God, from what you've been called to do, from what you've been anointed to do, and he can disconnect you and isolate you. If you've been called to teach and he can get you all by yourself, you're not teaching anybody. You're not somebody we're working with, but then we also need somebody somewhere that we are 
else. That we are allowing them to come beside us and learn from us and become a part through us. And we, we got to do all that in order to be in Christ like we're supposed to be in Christ. I am the vine. You are the branches. Verse 11 of John 15. After the vine and branches illustration that Jesus gives. He says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Don't you want to be full of joy? Look at your neighbor. Smile. Look at your neighbor right now. Smile. If it's your wife and y'all had a five, look at her and smile. Let that joy if it's your sister, look at them and smile. Even though you were getting in an argument in the car. <laughs> we have to be connected. We have to be connected. Sometimes though, we get busy. Sometimes life happens. And there's the church. And here we are, way over here, busy. Life's happening. Things are going on. We're disconnected. I went to conference, and I was at the mission service. And I tell you, it, the Holy Ghost was moving. The guy started talking about giving. A quarter of the church walked out. I kid you not. I was up there. Now, on the bleachers amazed. Why are these people leaving? Yeah, he was talking about money. And I guess, I don't know. And, and, but I sat there for a little while longer, more people left. And then I looked up front and I saw young people flooding the altar. Running to the altar. And I saw people leaving, but I saw people, and the Holy Ghost told me, he's like, Quit looking at who's leaving and look at who's coming. Quit looking at who's walking out and look at who's walking in and walking up. And uh, that's what the Holy Ghost told me. And then God reminded me why I was there. And years ago, he told me, he said, I bring you here to reconnect you to the body. Yes. To the enlarged body. I got an ambition service. That preacher started talking about money. Conviction started flowing. I pulled out that little piece of paper that says, I'll give. Man, there was a $100, $300, and then it skipped to $5,000. I already knew what I was going to give. But I was trying to fight me. I was trying to convince me $300 was a good offer. Man, what would it go to? And, uh, it, and so finally, see, I realized this when God starts asking me for money. I know a miracle's on the way. Any, anytime, anytime he's ever asked me for anything large, he's always done a miracle. And the larger the sacrifice, the larger the miracle. And, and, and so, so I, I, I marked the box on there I was supposed to mark. 
the one that God told me to mark. And God let me realize you had to connect to the body. Yes. And I literally felt myself remembering. Yes. Not remembering, remembering. Yes. I felt as though I, I connected that night, not to the not to just life United Pentecostal Church, but to the United Pentecostal yes. Church. I, I felt myself connected to my leaders and, and I allowed myself to be remembered to the body of Christ. And, and John, John's dad, Zacharias, had prayed a prayer, perhaps forgotten it, but this day the angel told him, your prayer is being answered. God's doing it. Remember what the Lord's doing for you. Look back at that prayer. And I realized this morning, and I know it's a little different, and, and it's not necessarily how we always do it, but if y'all would, come grab a bag. And if you want to take part, you're welcome to take part. Got one more. Why are you talking about communion, Pastor? You're talking about connection. Exactly. <laughs> talking about being connected to the body of Christ. Communion is remembering. It's remembering what Christ did for you. But it's also remembering yourself to Christ's body. When you take and you eat of Christ's body and you drink of His blood, you remember yourself. If you want to take, you can do not have to. If you're not part, you do not have to. But Luke 22 says this, For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. In verse 9 says, He took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is My body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. So Jesus said, when you take this bread, you're taking His body. I'm going to ask you that little thin layer on top. Peel that off. And that bread represents is the body of Christ. When you partake of communion, much like Zechariah, week after week, month after month, went in to burn that incense, to do his duty and what he was supposed to do. We have things in the body of Christ that we are called to do. And one, one thing that we are called to do is we are called to partake of communion, to take of His body, and to drink of His blood, and to remember Him. But as you remember Him, I want you to realize it remembers you. 
it connects you back to Him and to His body. Let's pray right now and then we'll partake. Father, we come before Your throne. God, things in life, as fast as this age is, technology, we've been busy. We've had things going on. Perhaps our prayer life hasn't been what it once was. Maybe we're not as connected as we once were and as we know that we need to be. Forgive us all of our sins. Cleanse us all of unrighteousness. God, do a work in each and every one of us. God, let your blood flow. Thank you for the price you paid on Calvary. God, thank you for what you've done for my life, in me, in my family. God, the miracles, the blessings, what you've done in this church, in your body. We come before you. We repent of our sins. We ask forgiveness for our failures. And we make a commitment to you and to live for you. And we remember you and the price that you paid on Calvary. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The scripture says he took the bread and gave thanks. We thank you, Jesus. And he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Christ's body. like to say this altar is open if you want to take a few moments and reconnect to your Savior. If you'd like to take just a few moments today and come remember to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's been reaching out to you and speaking into your life. I invite you to come today closer and closer to Him. God, I love you. God, I worship you. I reach out to you, Lord. Come into this place, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. This altar's open. Take just a few moments today. The Lord of glory is 
drawing you. He's been reaching. He's been pressing. He loves you so much. You are his body. You are part, a member, fitly framed together of his church. There's purpose in your life. There's a calling that you have.
felt disconnected. I want to get connected somewhere. I, I, I want some, you got to be a part of the body of Christ. You got to connect. That connection makes a difference. You got to do something. I'm not saying what you got to do. I'm not saying you just got to do this or do that or anything. You, you just it is what you feel. Whatever you feel connected in whatever level of commitment and connection that you feel. And one may be different than what the other is, but you allow the Spirit of the Lord to lead you into that connection. I will say I do know we've got a few things as Pastor Parks is coming. Uh, Sister Crutchfield has a few things starting up this week. If you want to just share in case there's some that want to get involved, involved as Pastor Parks comes. Praise the Lord, church. Um, we are going to start a couple of new things, and I'm super excited about it. Um, for ladies, um, we're going to start on tomorrow at 4 o'clock in our coffee shop. We're going to just do a Bible study. I'm not even going to call it a Bible study. It's fellowship and Bible chat because I want to be available and we need to be available to each other to be able to minister just through the word and if you have questions or if you just have something cool that you've been reading a new book or whatever i want you to bring your book and i want you to bring your journaling information and just those things just so we can connect just as ladies and i do know some of you work and all that and i'm very sorry it was just a time that worked for a lot of them so um but for those of you who do work um, there is also another um, Bible study that we're going to be setting up that's going to be um, on Monday night, and it is going to be the fourth, the fourth Monday of every month, and it is for those in ministry or those desiring to be in ministry, and we're calling it Women in Action. So if you are hungry for a move of God in your life and you want something more, it's going to be at 5.30 in Pastor's office, and... Um, Heather's telling me something because she does all the promo stuff. So I'm up here like, oh, yes, Heather. <laughs> you can say it. The Bible Chats is the fourth. I didn't see she straightened me out here. The Bible Chats is the fourth Monday, and it's at four. And the Women in Action is the second Monday, and it's at 530. So y'all see the bulletin, see the newsletter and all that stuff. So if you're interested... Please just come on out and be with us. It's going to be an awesome time to connect and reconnect as women. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Sister Crutchfield, for providing those ministries. Please reach out. You've got the location and the times for all of those that want to be involved on the second and fourth Mondays of each month. Amen. As far as uh, other events that stand out, bridal shower for Sister Andrea on uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. And so for those that will be involved in that bridal shower, that is 11 a.m. on Saturday. If you would stand with me, uh, please go to your bulletin uh, and your announcements for our routine uh, weekly events. We're thankful for the word that we received on connection. Pastor brought out a couple points that I want to reiterate, and that is have someone that you connect with. You want to have someone that you connect with above you, uh, in the body of Christ, a mentor, a spiritual leader, someone you can trust. 
Someone you can reach out to. You want to have someone directly across from you, someone that's encouraging you, uh, someone that edifies and uh, builds up. Uh, please, ensure it's someone that builds up and, and edifies and encourages you uh, to your left or to your right. And then someone whose life you're speaking into. And we need all of those in order to be able to connect. If you have not connected, my wife and I would definitely love to connect with you. Please get with us after this service. We want to connect with you in worship inside these four walls. We want to connect with you outside of here. So please uh, reach out to us and let us all get connected in the body of Christ. Pastors told us in the message that this is necessary for us to be connected with the Lord. Amen. So let us get connected. This is our time where we are about to depart from the service. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Uh, after I pray this prayer, this is an opportunity for you to give in the offering. They're coming now. Tithe and offering. I was saying uh, at the time the pastor said he checked that block outside of 100 and 300, <laughs> which must have been the $5,000 block. I said, now the time to take up an offering. Amen. Now the time. Take up love. Amen. There's no way for us to outgive God. As we've heard, each time that we give according to uh, what the Lord has placed in our heart, there's going to be a blessing on the other side of that. There's a blessing in being able to give. There's a blessing in our tithe and offering. We want this gospel to go into the whole world. We want every individual to hear this gospel message. And therefore, we give into the kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for being God. There's none beside you. There's none like you. Oh, God, we need you in our lives. Every individual needs you. Lord, it needs to hear this gospel message of repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Lord, and it starts right here with each and every one of us, oh God, as a member of the body of Christ. We're remembering even now, Lord God, what you're capable of. Lord, and we pray that you would begin to bless this offering. Bless it that it would become abundant for the work of your kingdom. Bless each and every giver, oh Lord, and every family and every household. Give them the resources that they need. Help us to realize that when we put our trust in you, it may not return to us in monetary form, but you'll make sure we have everything that we need. Bless this offering. Protect us as we go until we return. In Jesus' name we pray. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.